What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to Two Cents FC. I'm your host, Moby Okugo, with my guy, L. Each week, we'll be discussing topics from around the soccer world, and I'll be giving my thoughts from the perspective of a pro soccer player. This week, we'll be discussing NWSL news, life in the MLS is back bubble, and two American coaches doing big things across the pond. Uh, L, it's been a jam-packed week. You know, we've come out with new content, uh, story time, uh, free kicks, no card, yellow card. Um, so make sure you guys subscribe, make sure you guys follow, share with a friend, because we're coming at you live and direct each week. Um, but with that being said, L, start us off. All right, cool. So we'll get right into it. NWSL um, Challenge Cup is out, so it's a big week in women's soccer. We have the NWSL Challenge Cup um, kicked off to an emotional start um, with displays of solidarity for Black Lives Matter, and it's all behind a paywall. <laughs> uh, the league is also allowing the players to stay in the locker room during um, the playing of the national anthem. So NWSL commissioner Lisa Barrett says, uh, we're going to continue to play the national anthem, but with even more flexibility um, and support each player's right to their to express their individual views or not. The NWSL stands behind every player, official staff member, official and staff member, um, and they're their right to kneel on the field or stand with their hand over their heart um, and honor their feelings in the privacy of the locker room or at midfield. Um, also, um, we want to see how the tournament is doing overall. So from the coverage standpoint, um, are the games being broadcast? The games are being broadcast behind a paywall. So is that a good thing or a bad thing? Um, also, internationally, uh, Real Madrid announces its women's team um, to begin play in 2020 and 2021. So how will one of the largest teams slash brands in the world football entry into women's football affect the overall growth of the game? No, I think I want to start off with the Real Madrid talk. Um, I think it's long overdue that, you know, Real Madrid, one of the biggest, not only soccer franchises or, you know, clubs in the world, but biggest sports clubs in the world uh, for right. them to have. Um, a, a woman's team, I think it's just, it's, it's not only great for the sport, great for exposure, but it's something that needed to happen. Um, they have a lot of influence in the sense of like, you know, pushing, pushing fans to follow soccer, follow sports, you know, like Real Madrid is one of the one teams you go to and your, your, your value just skyrockets, no matter if you go there to play or not. So for them to, you know, grow the game through, establishing a women's soccer team, um, a women's soccer culture, a women's soccer ecosystem, um, I think it's going to be amazing for the cause. Um, yeah, that's definitely you I wonder. I wonder how many um, NWSL players that jump jump ship over to Europe now. Um, like, I, I don't know if the, the European clubs on the women's side have the same weight as, you know, on the men's side. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering, like, if the, are the NWSL teams, like, the big teams in the world for women? Versus, you know, nah, the European nah. teams. So, yo, France, like France, like they don't uh-huh. play. Like uh, Lyon, PSG. I mean, uh, and now you got the EPL that's investing a lot more into the women's game. Like, there's a lot of there's a lot of NWSL players that would rather play over there. You know, so I know one of the famous players, uh, Lindsay Horan. She started out at PSG before she came back. Um, you oh. know, obviously playing away from home um, over the course of how many years kind of gets you know taxing, but. Your, those European teams, like, they really investing in the game. And you can see it when, like, you get into the international games now, too. Like, U.S. women's national team, although they still dominate, 
it's a lot harder than it was in prior years. You know, you know, France is doing a lot of good things. Sweden, England, um, these teams in Europe are getting a lot better because that just shows the more money that you invest, uh, the more resources that these women have in the sport and the better they're, you know, the better they're going to be. So from my perspective, at least from the outside looking in, I think uh, some of these European teams, especially like now Real Madrid's going to get involved, NWSL is going to have a lot more competition. Yeah, they're definitely going to have to expand. And I know they are actually um, with Louisville coming in, Sacramento coming in. Um, yeah, AFC potentially coming in. Yeah. So, yeah, it's going to be really interesting. So speaking of NWSL, um, so have you been following the, the um, Challenge Cup? To be honest, I haven't been following it as much as I would like. Um, but I did see the clip of the two players um, consoling each other. Yeah, it was um, Casey Short the, and uh, Julie Ertz. Yeah, so that was really that was really touching. Um, there was a lot of blowback um, on one of the games because there was a player that stood up while the rest of the team was um, kneeling. Um, but it was later reported that she did end up kneeling, but just not at the not at a unique time because you know she has her her feelings towards everything as well. So um, I'm really interested to see how this new uh, method goes when it comes to the national anthem, national anthem protocol because everyone whether you support the cause or not everyone has their own way of doing things so just because someone may be standing up doesn't mean they don't support the cause and sometimes someone that may be kneeling is completely against it they just don't want to have the flack so um, right. <laughs> so for them to have <laughs> yeah people 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 ain't peep game on that one but I feel like for them to like give everyone the freedom to choose, I think it's going to be um, a, a lot better approach. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, yeah, I think like there, the I, I don't know her name, but she was getting a lot of blowback, and a lot of it was for that like that that touching hand on the shoulder, yeah, type thing, <laughs> that light touch on the shoulder. Yeah, um, there, was, there was a lot of stuff on Twitter, like a lot of jokes on Twitter about it. I can't think of like a single one right now, but. Yeah, I, I thought I thought that was funny. Like, I don't think people should be crucified for you know standing. You know, mm-hmm. I, obviously, I'm I'm down for kneeling. If yeah. I was out there, I, w- I would be kneeling. But you know, we gotta we gotta stop crucifying people for like not agreeing yeah. with the status quo you know, or not agreeing with your beliefs. You know what I'm saying? No, yeah, I feel you on that. And it's like people are like have been discussing like they should just not even play the national anthem. I know Alexi Lala's got a lot of flack for what he tweeted. Uh, Taylor Troman had some input. Um, so it's it's really interesting because a lot of people like are watching. They they won't, they don't know what they would do if they were playing. And yeah. um, I like what the commissioner did to just put it back in the players' hands in terms of like you can decide how you want to go about it. Twitter's Twitter. Like anybody can get jokes. Like as you know, like it, nobody's safe on Twitter. So you just got to do what you want to do. Yeah, we yeah. can get these jokes off. We might not even mean it. We just need to get these jokes off. That's just Twitter and in, in, in its in its entirety. Yeah. So that's the women, but you know the men are coming back this week as well. So MLS is on, it's, it's on the way back, um, and there's trouble in the bubble already. You know so. <laughs> So, yeah, this, yeah, this is bubble was far from the happiest place on earth, as Disney Disney World is described. Um, 
Yeah, it's it's bad news. So are you following that Twitter page? Oh, what's it? MLS is back. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah the, so, COVID, the COVID cup. That's what it's called. The, the COVID cup. MLS yeah. COVID cup. Yeah. So, so, give the context. Like someone, I don't know who it is. I have guesses to who it might be, but um, someone is just exposing everything that's going wrong in this uh, in this bubble environment. Yeah. So for those not familiar, a little quick rundown. So. Um, all the MLS players are in. They're on um, Disney's Wild World of Sports campus, and they're in a bubble. Um, and there's, it's just crazy. It's, it's, it's like the fire fest out here. So they got exorbitant prices for you know for food with you know fire fest style meals. So like different pictures <laughs> on Twitter of like struggle sandwiches and stuff like that. Um, hotel room malfunctions like. Um, Things like going, things, things going haywire. Things flying off. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, and COVID cases popping up daily, um, already causing the league to push back and reschedule uh, matches. Um, players are expressing their concerns with the conditions um, that they have to operate in. They like, can't focus on football because they're worried about staying healthy. So, like, CJ Sapong for, um, for Chicago, um, he tweeted... Like, man, shout out to my fellow players in MLS. If you all knew what was really going down here, I'm positive the shut up and kick. I do it for the paycheck notions will quickly dissipate um, during this strain. Exactly why we're more than an athlete hashtag. And also there's another tweet from um, Diego Rubio. He plays for uh, Colorado. Colorado. Yep. <laughs> and I think I think it was a screenshot, a screenshot of a note Um he says, hearing from a player in the bubble that their team is supposed to be quarantined since they got a positive test, but there's no there's no one delivering meals to their room, which is supposed to be the protocol. So they have to go down to the meal room, get on elevators and bring the meal back, telling other players, be careful with the surfaces and use extra hand sanitizer. We were supposed to go there and just think about soccer. And now we have all these problems. How are we going to play thinking that how, how are we going to play? thinking that it's dangerous to go outside your room. What are our families going to think with all this? So yeah, it's a lot of, it's lot of players are starting to second guess this whole thing. Yeah, it's like, it's wild times right now. Like, this group chats I'm in are going crazy. I'm not even <laughs> going to, like, try to snitch or anything, but, like, people are really worried about what's going on. And um, it's it's really interesting to see, you know, like, the shift because – Obviously, there was like some drawback to actually it happening, and then now it and they like were able to agree to terms, and then now that it's actually happening, and they, people are there, and all the protocols and like this COVID thing is serious. It's not something that you can just you know put under the rug. So now that it's like now it's like you can like feel it. It's tangible. Like your teammate's sick, or mm-hmm. someone that you're about to play on the schedule is like sick. Like Dallas has like eight cases like half their team is sick so now everything's pushed back so now that it's tangible and people are actually realizing like not only i'm doing this like risking my health i'm away from my family and all these other factors like let's just let's just call it what it is and like try again next time um but once again money talks there's a lot of other factors at play here um that everyone understands yeah that tv deals you know something serious so it's, it's interesting. What do you think? Like, because I feel like these other leagues have been doing it the right way, and like, yeah, I don't know how how they're doing it in Europe. I don't know how they're doing it in Germany and uh, in the UK. 
but there has to be some some way to do it here. Like we have the same amount of teams, or we have just as many teams as they have, you know, in the Premier League, um, and they're able to make it happen with like little to limited blowback. So I'm I'm not understanding what the the issue is or what the logistical issues are um, mm-hmm. with you know allowing people to play in their own markets um, and you know just having closed door games in their own markets versus this this bubble situation. Um, I know I mentioned like like an episode back that you know I trusted the league, but yeah. seeing this, uh, I don't know. Like it's kind of suspect, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. I, it's I don't like, know why did they have? For the for the hub models, like they could have just had like two to three hubs. Like, all right, you know, you have Southwest region, West Coast region, um, and then like a Northeast region, or and then Midwest, and just like kind of break it down. I know obviously ESPN is a big sponsor, a big partner with MLS, so using Disney mm-hmm. uh, probably uh, lessens the blowback. But you see Germany, like they're done with their league. No, nothing crazy actually happened in the sense of like safety issues um protocol was put in place i mean even Jaden sancho we talked about it on one of the earlier episodes like he got fined for having a barber like yeah. they were like they were not playing around england's thriving la liga's thriving all these other leagues are thriving in the sense of like just the protocol and the procedures and mls like hasn't even started yet and it's like okay are we gonna have to postpone are we doing this like um and so just there's a lot of things going on that people just don't know. Like like CJ said, like behind the scenes, like there's a lot of things going on. Yeah, I can't call uh, it, man. <laughs> it's it's, it's, it's really interesting. It's like, yeah, because like what happens when one case like spreads to the whole team, like Dallas, like Orlando, like Orlando with the NWSL, they had to back out of the whole – um, tournament. So what if that happens, like, for example, Dallas, and then now the whole group of how they structured it, it just shifted around. Um, yeah. I wonder how many of these uh, positive tests were, like, asymptomatic or, like, mm-hmm. non-symptomatic. Um, so, you know, you hate to be dangerous and reckless. It's like, he doesn't even have any symptoms, you know, let him play, yeah. but you know, we, we want to always, you know, safety first. Exactly. But yeah, it's, it's just, it should be interesting. I, I just hope like there's no like you know there's always like that one case that like kind of changes it. I, I don't mm-hmm. I just don't want that to happen. Hopefully you know the right protocols are in place and everyone can get through it. You know not even not even from just MLS but NWSL, USL, all the um, American sports leagues that are about to come back. I think it's really important that we don't have kind of like that. I don't want to say like sacrificial lamb, but like that one case that kind of like, just like, yo, this is what we were talking about. It's serious, you know? So hopefully that doesn't happen and prayers for everyone to keep safe and, you know, be precautious of what's going on. But it's just, it's just really interesting. And and I know a lot of players are feeling the same way in terms of the safety of their families, safeties on themselves and, you know, the risk that they're putting themselves through, you know, playing soccer for the MLS's back tournament <laughs> right <laughs> you mentioned you mentioned the other leagues Ger- germany being done um another league that's, that's wrapped up in europe is the austrian league um and um jesse marsh who's an american coach out there for uh rb uh, salzburg won um they won the austrian championship and he's coach of the season 
So there's also another um, American coach, Pellegrino Matarazzo, who you know got Stuttgart, Stuttgart promoted um, back into the Bundesliga. So we got some American coaches over here making moves. What do you think about that, man? No, I think it's amazing. I mean, I know Jesse Marsh personally. Um, I had the chance to, you know, train with his club when he was coaching at New York Red Bulls. And, like, he's, yeah, he's one of the best American coaches there is. Um, I never got to play for him personally, but, like, understanding, like, his methods, understanding, like, what his, you know, his players say about him. Uh, like, he got next up. And he's part of the Red Bull family, so they already have – they're grooming him. Um, yeah. They're grooming him. Like, they took they him from New York – yeah, they took him from New York to Germany. They gave him the Austrian club, so like you can say, you can see like they know he's uh, he, like he's got next up, um, and he's proven it time and time again. You know, he's he, he revamped New York Red Bulls, got him to play a style that the Red Bull system likes: high press, uh, counter, really aggressive. Um, you know, he did his thing with Leipzig um, as an assistant coach, just learning the ropes. Now they gave him the reins with this Austrian team, and they, they not only became champions. But they was doing their thing in uh, in Champions League too. Like like yeah. there was no slouch. They played against Liverpool. They held their own. Um, he got coach of the season. Like it was a highly rewarding season for him. Um, people are talking about him being the next candidate for U.S. Men's National Team. But like me personally, it's like, what's the point? He's a, he's like doing it in Europe. So the U.S. National yeah. Team, that stuff's always going to be there. He can always get that. You might as well try to get like a big club, like Champions League type, and uh, get the bag. Because uh, he's a great example for other American coaches like Pellegrino Matarazzo, um, someone I don't really know about. I think he's he was in Europe a lot longer in the sense of like he got there early, got his coaching um, badges over there. Um, but for him to take a historic club like Stuttgart to Bundesliga, like that's no slouch. And uh, it just shows that. American coaches, not only American players, like they can really do it. It's just taking advantage of the opportunity and taking that chance too, because you know a lot of American coaches don't have that luxury of being able to take that chance when it comes. You know, Bob Bradley did it with Swansea City. Uh, he was fired within a month. But how many guys can say they coached the EPL club? Like those are the chances that you got to take. Um, and as as a coach, obviously, it's a lot of travel, a lot of like. Uh, yeses and noes like you never know when you're going to get fired but um, coaches got to be willing to take that chance if they want to be able to you know have the opportunity uh, across the pond so what are you what are your thoughts yeah I agree man like I, I would love to see even more American coaches get the opportunity to come over yeah. especially American coaches of color like you don't you don't see that at all uh, you see in Europe, you know what I'm saying like there's not a, there's not a lot so so I which American it. coach, which American coach you think like could do it, like could go over there, like now from MLS or like anyone that you know personally? Uh, I think Bob Riley could go back. Yeah, I like that shout. I think what he's done with um, LAFC, um, he still hasn't gotten him over the hump just yet, but I think um, he's built a system, and I think he can go back and possibly with giving more time and resources, you know, take over a team and like, yeah. you know, be successful with him. I think he would go back. He would just change. Like, he was like, yo, I need three years for sure. Like guaranteed. Because yeah. I mean, it's hard to leave LAFC now. Like he got the setup, he, you know, king of the city when it comes to soccer. But I think he's like the type of guy that um, is hungry in the sense of like always wanting to do more from a soccer standpoint. 
mm-hmm. that he would go back if there's like a unique opportunity. Um, and I think it's going to happen too. I think one of these American private equity firms that buys up a club is going to be like, yo, we like your style. We need you to do what you do there over here. And um, he'll do it. I mean, he, he needs to get that, that cup with LAFC. I'm not saying he needs to, but I think that's like one checklist he wants before he thinks about the next adventure or next journey. Yeah. I, th- I think he'll be at LFC kind of long term. Yeah. So, it's, it's LA. <laughs> but I'm if he does, think leave who- I, think, I think they definitely grab a Mexican coach. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, uh, yeah, for sure. Like, who's the coach of Tigris? Um, what's the coach? Um, what's his name? Um, he's He coaches Tigris right now or Club America. One of those okay. coaches. Um, Club America, Miguel Herrera. Yeah, that's that's that would if I'm at LFC, I get the, I give him the bag and just let him rock out. The character too. Yeah, you need that. Um I'm trying to think of a young American coaches that would do uh he's not young, but Peter Vermees would do well on the European club. Um if they gave him like if they gave him control. Um, yeah, um I'm trying to think who else. That's there's not really that many young Guys that I don't think that would take that chance. Uh, Jim Curtin, Philly, he could. Oh, my fault. Mark Vanny from Toronto. I think he could do a job. Like he played over there. Um, mm-hmm. He's dealt with like top talent, and he knows how to like adjust his system to to make things work. I think if there was like a coach or like a sorry a club that can make it make a make a move for an American coach. I would go Mark Vanny, then Jim Curtin, and then that's it for now. Oh, and then Peter Vermees, yeah. But Peter Vermees is a little bit older, and he's he the king of Kansas City, so I don't think he's going to leave. Yeah, now he's solidified out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it for me. Um, so, would you would you be a coach? No. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, I can't do that coaching stuff. No. So let's <laughs> – Right in the no car, yellow car, red car. So those are not familiar with the segment. Um, it's a rapid fire segment that we have on the show um, where we get, you know, your opinion, Amobi's opinion, sometimes my opinion um, on some minor topics that are worth noting. So first one, no car, yellow card, red card. A, cont- a Coutinho and Griezmann swap for Neymar. I'm doing that for sure. No card. Barca got to do that. PSG got to do that. Um, yeah, no card for sure. I think that needs to happen. Okay, so you think do you think the two of them equal Neymar in value as a straight swap? Yes and no. I think Neymar's value to Barca, especially with where they're at now, they need they need like a like they need someone that's going to bring some like excitement to Barcelona, like. You have Messi, but he's like 33, 34. Um, you don't have like that next guy. Like who's got that next guy that got next up? Coutinho, I mean, they're good. They're serviceable, but he's been out on loan. Griezmann, he hasn't adjusted well. And Sufati, man. Like, just yeah, you got him. Like, he just but he's not going to go. He's not like he's not week in, week out yet, you know. Um, and then PSG. You gotta like, get out the way, man. <laughs> yeah. You gotta get out the way so my boy can get on. <laughs> yeah, there's, some, there's some players you just gonna have to wait your turn. Messi's one of those guys. 
Um, and then PSG, like with where they're at, like they, I, they missed their, they missed their Champions League window. So you get Coutinho, get Griezmann to come back home with France. Uh, you know, French club, him and Mbappe can do their thing until Mbappe goes to Real Madrid and be done with it. Yeah, I think I th- I, if I'm Barca, I, I try to make that happen. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. So let's, yeah. go, to, let's go to the next one. No card, yellow card, red card. So speaking of Barca, Messi hosts his contract talks. Yeah, for me, um, that's a red card on Barca. Like they're in shambles. Their front office, like their, you know, their executive staff, they like it's like a power struggle. And Messi's the best thing that's happened to you in the last 50 years. So whatever he wants, not at the expense of like the downfall of your team, but you got to make it happen. So for him to halt contract renewal talks, and I know this has happened before, just they want to like it's just negotiating plays. Um, you just got to make sure you don't fumble the bag because right now it's not looking like if you look at the like next five year timeline, Barca is not Messi's been saving you guys. Real Madrid has young talent in the works ready. Atletico Madrid gets stronger and stronger by the year. And then you got these formidable clubs like, you know, Villarreal, Valencia, not sorry, let me not say Villarreal, Valencia, uh, Sevilla, uh, Athletic Bilbao that are like, you know, putting more dollars into it and, you know, doing a lot of good things. Um, so Barca really needs to, really needs to do something. They need to, they need to revamp some things and you got to keep Messi at the forefront and you got to keep Messi happy. Man, it's a Messi to Miami watch now. <laughs> Messi not, Messi Miami not going to Miami, not yet. Messi will, Messi is not even like that. Is Messi will stay at Barca and then end up in Argentina. He might retire for like a little bit and then come back to us for like the bag or like China. He's just so like, you know, straight to Argentina from, um, from Barca? Yeah, he goes straight to Argentina from straight Barca. Straight to old boys? Yeah. Him, him Aguero, uh, they get probably one of their other boys. If anyone, like, from Argentina is coming to MLS, I'd go Angel Di Maria. I think mm-hmm. he just has that in him. He's not really, like, marketable, but he would be a baller. And uh, that's, that's why I see Messi getting that, that one last big bag in Miami. It's a It's a Quick, quick flight to Argentina from Miami, a lot shorter than <laughs> Barcelona to Miami. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, on the beach, bring his boy Luis Suarez with him. You know, and- uh, if, if Luis Suarez comes to MLS, Luis Suarez is coming to MLS. I know that for sure. Um, if he can convince Messi, I just don't think Messi is like that that marketable guy that will do it. Like, he don't want the cameras all up on him every week. Every nah, he might go to like Japan or China. That doesn't like, happen. In, that doesn't happen in Barca right now. Like cameras all it, over the place. It does, but it doesn't. Like you don't see him doing like that many like commercials or interviews. Like he doesn't even speak English like that. Yeah, but I mean, like if he goes to MLS, he doesn't have to be marketable. Like just, it's just messy no, in MLS. Period. Like he doesn't he, have to be like the poster. He, he does though. He does, bro. Because <laughs> when I was like in Orlando, I played with Kaka, and obviously he's like marketable. He knows how to like be in front of a mm-hmm. camera. He does a great job of that. Like the amount of stuff that he had to do. And like you could tell, sometimes he just didn't want to do it. But it's like it's almost like pre-written in your contract. Like, yo, obviously you're a big star. Like, we're going to be expecting a lot of it. Exactly. So like Cristiano, like easy, he can do that. Like you can see it. Like he's marketable. He speaks English. MLS. Um, yeah, the, Cristiano got to get a serious bag for him to come. He got to get um, a he got to get a Beckham deal. Exactly. He got to get a Beckham ownership type deal. 
Um, yeah. Messi, I just don't see it in him. He he. It depends what team, like a Miami, maybe maybe like a like a LA. But I just that's just not that's not. I could see him going to like Japan or China, like Iniesta, play like one year, get the bag, go to Argentina. But I see it. I see him going on Barca, Argentina, retiring, coming out of retirement for like a bag, and then call it quits. I think if he goes to Argentina, he's not coming back. Yeah, he's just chilling, he's chilling, right? he's chilling, chilling on the beach. It's over. Yeah. So yeah, it's 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 interesting. Cause like we feel like you feel like you know him, like he's a family guy, like he's like he's like probably like quiet but funny, but you don't really like see him like out there, you know? Yeah, that's the thing though. I don't know much about Messi. Yeah. Other than he's arguably like the greatest player of all time. Like I don't know anything yeah. else about him. Like I know about, you know, CR7, yeah. you know? Yeah, exactly. Like yeah, I just don't see that. I just don't see that in him. Like I see Griezmann. I mean, he's already talked about. It. He's coming to MLS. I see a Benzema, a Benzema coming to MLS. I can see like those type of players, CR seven, but not a Messi. I don't think he has that in him. Yeah. So it should right. be interesting. Is that so the last no one? No card, yellow card, red card. Dortmund playing hardball with Man United over Jaden Sancho. Yeah, it's interesting because, I mean, that's Dortmund's model, right? You know, buy low, sell high. But for some yeah. reason, Man United hasn't been able to get a player from them in the, for quite some time. Um, I don't know why Dortmund doesn't want – maybe they haven't reached the terms or maybe they just want to drive up his value. But it's not I like – I think Man U is offering like 50 mil, and they're like, no, we want – Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, Man United got to come up with come up with some money, or like maybe like sell like a couple players like as like a buyback. Like here, we'll take you guys take Martial and we give you fifty, and like let us get Sancho type. You can't just yeah, expect to go fifty and like yeah, nah, that's not gonna work out. So what card you giving them? Oh yeah, my bad. I'm gonna give them a yellow card because Man United is kind of disrespectful in that in that in that price tag offer. <laughs> Dortmund, okay. yeah, they're cool. Like. We'll keep dormant. We'll keep him here. We know someone's gonna pay. Yeah. Oh. All right. Um, let's see. No car, yellow car, red car. Weston McKinney um is rumored to be leaving Schalke. Um, I'll give it a yellow car because I mean both I feel like this goes both ways because I feel like Schalke hasn't done what they said they're gonna do in the sense of like just having some structure to their organization. You know, they've been changing coaches. They've been, you know, up and down. And uh, McKinney, with where he's at now, you know, he's established. His, his price tag's 20 to $25 million. I had no idea it was that high. So he's like, he's like one of them guys. Um, so for him to really take that next leap of development and next leap of, you know, him becoming the player that he thinks or he knows he can be, he might need to go to a bigger club. There's already rumors, Hertha Berlin, Wolfsburg. Wolfsburg got money like crazy right now. Um, some teams uh, across other leagues that really want his talents. So I think he should definitely be open to it. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure if he should be focusing on trying to go to like a bigger team, like a Chelsea. I don't think he's there yet, like a Pulisic. Mm-hmm. Um I just need to. I just feel like he needs to focus on, you know, making sure he's continuing to get a lot of minutes. 
for a club that's going to be in high competition. So Schalke gives him that right now, at least in the Bundesliga. Um, what about Leipzig? Ooh, Leipzig? Was he, Is that he, a rumor? He plays, he plays a um, – what position does he play? Him, like him a, and Tyler in the middle? Defense in mid. Him and Tyler in the middle? Or if they – is that a rumor for real? No, no, I'm just throwing I'm, – I'm thinking about Ooh. clubs who are, like, in contention, but, yeah. like, he could possibly get playing time. Like, I don't see him going to Dortmund and getting PT like that. It's yeah. not happening at, um, at uh, Bayern. Bayern. So yeah, he's not – yeah. I, yeah, I'm not super think, familiar with Bundesliga, um, so right. I don't know, like, below those three, I don't know what other clubs are, like, good or, like, yeah. you know, competing I'm, like I, that. I don't think, like, I don't think Leipzig need him right now. They 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 really stacked, and, like, they got Tyler Adams there. I would love mm-hmm. for him and Tyler to play together. I think that would be cool, like, to, for them to get that, like, them as two, like, deep line eights, like, going, covering for each other, going, like, that's going to be a hard midfield to crack and for them to get more repetition selfishly as a U.S. men's national team fan. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. But I don't think Leipzig, I don't even think Leipzig likes his, likes his game like that. You know, <laughs> I don't think he fits their system, but the teams that are looking at him, Wolfsburg, I could see it happening. Hertha Berlin, uh, Hertha Berlin got money. Um, and they're literally, they're looking to revamp. They're looking to revamp their, um, their organization. Um, if he goes to like an England, it's like where does he go? Mid table, yeah, he's gonna have to go mid table Premier League. Yeah. It's like Newcastle yeah. gonna have money too to spend. Uh, uh, I, I I really like. It. I think he's, he's, he's I can see him like I can see him like uh, in the prim going to like Everton or some shit. Like yeah, I think Everton actually was a rumor. I read that. Oh yeah, yeah. Everton's a club like perfect. That's a perfect club for him. Yeah. yeah, play there two more, two three years, and then you know hopefully get 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 the bag at another club. Um, I think Everton's a club where he can do a job there and like become a fan favorite very quickly. Yeah, okay. I think that's that's a good shout. All right, cool. I got one more. Um, I'm not, and I'm not sure if you're familiar with with this, but I'll go, I'll do it anyway. No card, yellow card, red card. Main Jones IG lives. Uh, is he? He's been doing them again. He's back. Yeah. Have you been following any, like any of his IG lives, like? Oh straight my air god! Out you didn't tell me. This? <laughs> I straight used to follow him. I, I, I was following him before, and then he kind of like disappeared. And I know he brought the podcast back, but he's so he's been recently doing these uh, IG lives again. Yeah. Oh no, card! I love those. I love yeah. those. I love those. He's, he's been brutal, pulling back the curtain like crazy. Yeah, it's brutally honest. He let people know like what is really like what is really like. Uh, obviously, his approach sometimes can be a little bit different. Um, but that's if I mean, you want to be political. Like, yeah, you know, that's if you want to be political. Direct. Oh yeah, I, I gotta follow him now. Where's my phone at? Wow. <laughs> Thank you. That's the best. That's yeah. No car for sure. Yeah, no car at all. All right. Cool. Nah, so, yeah. Thank you. So that's it for this week. Go ahead and wrap up. Oh yeah, all right. Sorry, I'm just so excited about that. I had to go follow real quick. Wow, IG live segments. All right, yeah. So housekeeping items. That's our show for this week. Subscribe, rate, and review. It definitely helps us get discovered. We've been jumping week after week, so we love and appreciate all you guys for supporting, especially on Twitter. There's been some good content, uh, some good banter on Twitter. 
Uh, I'm gonna have to tell L to stop, you know, promoting Arsenal so much. It feels like we're like an Arsenal fan page sometimes. <laughs> but all jokes aside, follow us on the socials, Instagram, Twitter, at Two Cents FC. Tweet us your comments on the show and any topics you want me or L to discuss on the show. That's it. Thanks again for tuning in. All right. Peace. Peace.